everybody, it's Girl Talk Real Talk. This is Paige Klingenpeel, and with me, of course, is Amy Hanna. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and we have a special guest as well. This is Tisha Strasser. She is the owner of Bring It, Push It, Own It. It's an amazing organization here in Fort Wayne for adolescent girls and boys learning confidence in themselves as well as just respecting one another. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks for joining me, girls. Thank you. Excited to be here. So we're going to talk about something a little more serious. It's about our friends, people that we dearly love and want the best for, who are unfortunately in some relationships, whether it's platonic or romantic, that could either be to the extreme of toxicity or just super unhealthy for them and not good for them. This is one of those things that unfortunately I have experienced in my own life, in my dating relationship. I had one where the gentleman, I truly felt like I was going to marry him. We were together for about two and a half years. And my girlfriends that I was living with, two girls at the time, this was after college, and my girlfriends knew it was not healthy. I could not see it, but they could, and I still didn't listen. And now I look back on that relationship being in a marriage now of 13 years with a wonderful man, and I'm thinking, man, why did I not see it at the time? But it's almost like you allow people to treat you the way that you think you deserve. And at that point, I was not a confident person in who I was, and so I allowed that type of treatment. So my goal now is to have friendships with people where I can be honest with them. And when I see things like unhealthy behaviors in their, their marriages, their dating relationships, or even in friendships, I want to be the person they can trust to say, hey, this isn't healthy, this isn't the right person for you, and so forth. Ladies, tell me what your thoughts are on this subject. It's kind of tough, but it's a good one to talk about. I think it's interesting that you talk about how everybody kind of saw it or you had good friends that were saying things to you and kind of noticing it. I think that there's a flip side to that as well. I think that a lot of abusers or toxic people can really hide that from the outside world. So the person that's in that relationship is terrified to leave because of judgment, how society is going to look at you, you know, how it's going to tear your family apart. And especially because other people don't see it, you're going to be the crazy one. Like nobody is going to judge that person. So that I think that makes it really hard as well. Even though you can see what's going on and know that it's wrong. I think that there's, there's two sides to the, the mm -hmm. toxic relationship. Yeah, I think for sure on my end, I've had a few toxic relationships in my past, but I feel like I have helped so many girls who are currently or were in their past in a toxic relationship. I think it is so hard to be on that side of it where you can see that they're in this horrible relationship, but they're just not listening to you. Kind of like what you just said, Paige, that it's just it's so difficult to get them to see it and you try you don't want to push too hard because then it pushes them away. But then at the same time, you want to push hard enough so that you are that person saying, hey, I noticed something. That for me, I think is the hardest part for me. I have a few friends. One is now going through a divorce with their husband. And I had no clue that it was as bad as it was. And his, if I can be so bold, psychoness. And I say that as a legit licensed mental health counselor. I think that was super nice to say <laughs> it know, like that. Because you know this gentleman as well. Okay. Psychoness is the nicest word I can say on air. It is still coming out. So now I am seeing things that she has dealt with for years in secret. It breaks my heart. 
And it, if anything, it just gives me more energy to say, I want to be that person my friends can come to, to share the stuff that's going on in their relationships. But for those that we see this stuff going on, how do we instigate those conversations? I think that's such a, that's a hard thing. So any suggestions that you have for the people on the outside of how to just start and initiate a conversation about this? I would say, I mean, I was in a very, very toxic relationship for 15 years. And I think people just, they wanted to see the good. And I think if there were people that saw little things, because there's always red flags, people see little things. We just, we don't want to see the bad. I think for me, if somebody would have just, you know, put their arm around me when they, when these things would happen or just look me directly in the eye, like I see you. And if you need to talk, I'm here. I think there's little ways you can make somebody feel like you're there sometimes without even having to start that conversation too early. And those are the things that I do with young girls, you know, try to be very careful because like you said, we can tell them all day long. Once Mm -hmm. you're already in it, it's like that bubble is around you and you only see what's good. And you also don't you don't want to not be with somebody or have the stigma. Even as a young girl, there's stigma with it. Like, oh my gosh, you broke up with somebody again. And, oh, you don't have a boyfriend. It's crazy. So it's not just grown women. So I think having those conversations that are maybe nonverbal to start off and letting that person know they're valuable and that you see them, I think is really important. So I have a really good friend who, actually, I have several friends, which is so sad to me that I've been through these toxic relationships. But as you were talking, Tisha, I was thinking about one of my friends. I was with her on her wedding day, and she was in a horrible, toxic relationship. But I was missing all the signs. I I look back at it now, and I think, how did I miss those signs? Just little things that she would say or the ways that he was being, how he was treating her. I just missed it. And I don't know if it was because I was so hopeful for her because she had already gone through a divorce in the past and it was not the greatest situation. And then so now it was like, oh, she seems so happy. Everything is so great. But then a few months later, we found out things were not so great. And she's out of that relationship now. Thank you, Jesus. However, at the same time, I just, as that friend, I struggle with, why didn't I say something? Why didn't I notice something? So I think that's that's a hard place to be, too. Mm-hmm. One of the that comes back to, so we have these conversations with the girls about what are red flags and what does it really look like? Because I think for you, I don't think those are conversations we had. I didn't, nobody had that conversation. No, I saw it <laughs> in my own life growing up as a young girl. But if you don't have those conversations, if somebody doesn't say, hey, there's these little things that will lead up to this big thing, like, oh, they just grabbed your arm one time too hard. Like those conversations are so essential so that you quickly start to see them in a relationship and you're not a year in and you've ignored seven to 10 signs. So I think that for women of my generation, a lot of that was tolerated and normal. I'm just going to say that. And for our girls, they need to know we have these very clear conversations and I send them home with an entire pamphlet of what is a red flag? What is healthy? How do we, how do you say something? Same thing we're talking about. How do you say something to a friend? And if you're not getting through to her and it's serious that you need to be asking somebody else to say something. Cause I just think it's something that we need to be taught a lot younger mm-hmm. to process. Cause it's so uncomfortable and it's terrible. Nobody, yeah. nobody wants anybody to be mistreated. Yeah. And I love that. And I, and I love the fact too, that this isn't just romantic relationships. This is friendships. I know when I was practicing as a therapist within the high school, majority of my conversations were regarding friendship issues, or at least that was the root cause of what kind of their stressor was about. 
And it was the fact that their friends were not treating them well. And I, it's not that I looked down on the friends and the treatment. It was the fact that I felt like they didn't know how to treat other people because they didn't respect and value themselves. It was just this cyclical situation where because they lacked confidence, they projected some of that negativity and that anger onto other people. And Again, I think it's just coming down to people needing to value themselves, expect people to respect them, and, and to, I guess, model what a healthy relationship should look like, even in friendships, and then expect that to happen in, in other things like romantic relationships as well. For me, I know I'm, I'm a direct person, so I love going to my people that I love and I care about and just sit them down, have coffee, or have just a conversation and just say, this is what I'm seeing. I know I don't see all things. I know I'm not with you and this person all the time. But when he said this or when she said that, it made me uncomfortable for you or it actually hurt me for you when he told you this is what's going on. Uh, just giving examples and then they will have the opportunity to explain, well, this is really what happened. Well, of course, then I go into the whole therapist mode of, well, that may be what you perceived happened, but this is the manipulation and this is the things that I see that are actually going on. So hopefully at least then they have some some actual facts of the basis for my opinion. And, and then I give it to him, but listen, I love you. You can take it or leave it. I'm still going to support you. If you maintain this relationship, I'm going to be there and I'm going to watch and walk life with you. I don't want you to feel like I'm abandoning you. If you choose not to follow the directions that I think is best for you, but let's be honest, I'm right. <laughs> but in reality, I just need them to know that I love them. And that's the reason why I'm having this conversation. And I agree. I mean, I, w women hate to hear it, but I mean, it really comes down to, and, and, it's sad because I see so many women my age and I'm like, your relationship is not, it's not healthy. It's mm -hmm. not love. It's not joy. It's not all the things that a relationship, a partnership should be, but women are just tolerating. They're tolerating those behaviors. And it does come back to that. You know, do you love yourself? Like, where's mm -hmm. your value? Because the way that you're allowing him to treat you, I mean, even my husband will see people see other men treat and he's like I don't understand that like that's not what love looks like and so I think that we've made it the norm and I agree with you on the friendships when we first started our workshops on healthy relationships it was boy girl quickly I realized we don't even say that we just say toxic relationships like this is what it looks like even between girl girl you know boy boy it's it's all the same and it really does come back to your value and how do you look at that and I mean I just think women also, there's a stigma. I know for myself, like as a Christian woman and going to church, you're told over and over again, you do not get divorced unless you are being physically beat so that everybody can see it or you've been cheated on. Well, likely you may not catch him. He's probably cheating if he's an abuser, but a lot of abusers don't always hit in a way that everybody can see and they abuse you in such a silent way that just tears your soul apart. And you think that you can't leave because you're going to burn an eternity right. and everybody's mm -hmm. going to judge you. And so I think it's, I think it's so hard for women to know, like, it's not the same world. I mean, yeah. sometimes there are people that have mental health disorders that you cannot fix. Mm -hmm. We tell girls all the time, it's not your job to fix somebody else. If they, if they realize they have a problem, they go to get help. Awesome. And that's what we need to be guiding people to do. Hey, we see you have a problem. You need to go get some counseling. You need to get some coaching. But if they're not willing to do that, you, you can't fix that. You can't take care of that. So I think there's a lot of stigma. Mm -hmm. I, I believe wholeheartedly in what you're saying and the fact that so many people stay in relationships due to fear mm -hmm. right like they fear judgment 
they fear being alone. They fear raising their kids alone. They fear paying the mortgage alone. There's a lot of that fear that dominates their behaviors and therefore they stay stuck in these relationships and fear could never dominate our decision-making because it makes us stay far too long. Well, and one thing that I have been seeing recently to some of the girls that I've been working with that have been in or currently in some toxic relationships is Jesus doesn't call us to that kind of a relationship. Yes, you can love that person and you can be there for them. But just like what you guys just said, you can't fix them. And if they're treating you in this way, mental abuse is almost more dangerous if you really think about it than sometimes even our physical abuse. Yes, physical abuse, you can see that. That is that is definitely pain. But that mental abuse, that is so difficult because you can't see it. And you have those good days. We call it the honeymoon phase. Everything seems so good for a few days. And you start thinking, okay, things are going to be fine. But then that tension starts to happen. And you think, okay, I'm, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells. Something's coming. I don't know what it is. And then that's when the violence hits. But for mental abuse, sometimes that isn't violence. It, it could just be, I don't trust you. Where were you last night? I'm going to take your phone. I'm going to look through your phone. It could be that accusatory thing. The violence could be to make you look like you're crazy. So then all of a sudden it's, okay, something's wrong. But, oh, now we're back in the honeymoon phase and everything is happy again, you know, and mm-hmm. it's this cycle that just keeps happening. So I have a good friend. She works with Jennifer's Harbor, which is right here within our Fort Wayne area that works with women with domestic violence situations, sexual abuse situations. And she uses that honeymoon phase, tension phase, and then violence phase. And she tells the women that she works with to get out a calendar and to just start marking Today is a honeymoon day, just so that they can look at the calendar and visually see, okay, we've got 90% of this as tension days or as violence days. There's something wrong just to kind of help them to visually see that something is going on. Mm, I love that. And, and you pointed out that the, the mental abuse leaves no signs. When actionality, science is showing us with brain scans that the amount of stress that people go through in toxic relationships actually alters the brain chemistry, it shuts down parts of their brains. It's even more developmentally important for kids growing up in toxic relationships whole parts of their brains are not developing adequately so that they can be healthy individuals as they grow up later on. So there is evidence that the body is changed and that they're leaving these marks. But unfortunately, the laymen, you know, the normal people on the side of the streets, they can't see that stuff. Instead, as you pointed out, that line of they make you feel like you're the crazy one. Oh, that drives me crazy because it's so true. They make you feel like it's your fault and you're to blame. And it's that manipulation that starts convincing you that that's truth. And then you start wondering, what is truth anymore? I think as women, like we're just, we're naturally nurturers and we try to fix everything and we think we can make everything better. And I like how you mentioned the, you know, what it does, science to the brain and to your kids. So in my own situation, I thought that I was managing it. Like I was taking the blunt. I would try to hide it. I knew how to keep this person like stable when the kids were around. And if I, if they were going to be aggressive or whatever, I, I mean, I could almost time it like perfectly. And I thought I was like, oh, I'm doing such a good job keeping this away from my children. 
and my son was just just becoming a teen and I remember he was sitting there one time and the screaming started and I always recommend to women when I talk to them now and they start talking about things they're going through their first thing you need to work on is what is your self-love and your value really dive into that when you're in a bad relationship and that will direct them where they need to go and what decisions they need to make and that's a space I was in I wasn't reacting I wasn't reactive to what was going on around me because I knew who I was at that point but turning and watching my child watch that like from like an outside view was the most painful thing like I've ever experienced. It's just as bad as being hit because your child is being taught that that is normal and they're going to do that to somebody else. And so as women, we think we're doing our families a favor and we're staying and we're looking good in our church. But in the long term, that pattern's going to repeat when your children just that's all they know. So I think it's really hard to know when to make those decisions and nobody else can make them for you. Your friends can tell you all day long that they see those things, but I really, really recommend diving into who are you, how do you love yourself, and what is your value? Because when you really answer those questions and when that person starts treating you that way, you're going to say to yourself, this is not okay. Of course, we know that this conversation isn't just for the friends that see their friends going through toxic relationships. This is for the individuals that are going or a part of that relationship at present. We want you to know that there are resources available locally, nationally, across the board here in Fort Wayne, particularly there's the YWCA, there's Jennifer Harbor, but there's also counselors within our area that specialize in abuse victims going through relationships or just even learning how to love yourself so that maybe you get to that place where you can make a wise choice for yourself or your family. I just want you to know, ladies, you're not alone. That's the biggest thing here is you are not alone and you do not have to continue to stay in these relationships. There is hope out there and there's a world of peace and love that maybe you've never experienced before, but that is available to you. So today on Girl Talk, Real Talk, we got serious, but these are conversations we have to be having with one another because this stuff is happening. Whether or not you know it, whether it's with your neighbor, your coworker, or someone at church, there are people that you are surrounding yourself with right now that are in toxic relationships that just need the encouragement and the boldness to step out of them. So no, you are not alone. Thanks for joining us for Girl Talk, Real Talk. We love for you to hook up with us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave a comment. Give us a thumbs up. Let us know what else you would like us to discuss because it's not just all fun and games. We definitely want to hit up conversation topics that are important for everyone to be discussing. But in the meantime, have a fabulous week. We will We'll see you next time.